Oh, hello. My name is Leonard Stewley, and I was calling to speak to the headmaster, a Mr Crozet, I believe. My wife and I attended the Christmas concert you staged at the school last night, and I have to say the show was not what we anticipated. Rather than the advertised 60 minutes, it ran for less than half of that. The televisual star, whose name was in the title, was not present, and it wasn't even about the birth of our Lord and Saviour. No pupils of the school itself seemed to take part, as would be expected of a production of this festive nature. Instead, the evening was hosted by two middle-aged yet utterly juvenile layabouts, not working from a script, but having a self-indulgent conversation about things they remember off the telly. Even this may have been a passable evening of nostalgia if it wasn't for the pair's forgetfulness, constant drinking, foul language, and repeated forays into diversion and digression. Needless to say, we were left thoroughly unsatisfied by this, and will be outright furious if the tickets had been anything other than free. My wife and I will not be gracing your hall for any future productions of the Peggy Mountain Nativity Hour. Good day to you. On today's gold ring. Um, but yeah, the delivery is, is superb. It's very polished. Of course, it drops a little bit at uh, 7 minutes and 26 seconds when Les Dennis makes his first appearance in a sketch. <laughs> Nah. Ken, 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 he's off again. I can't believe he has the fucking nerve to finish with a straight-up rendition of his own song that, by December of that year, everyone was already sick of that. This this could only be more self-indulgent. Mm. If he tore open that shirt and underneath it he had a T-shirt saying, I heart Russ Abbott. <laughs> Alright, hello and welcome to the Peggy Mount Calamity Hour, episode 5 of our Christmas specials. I'm Dr Velvet. I am Blackout. And we're here, yet again, to talk about some Christmas bangers on the telly. Yes, hello you, and thanks for joining us for our casual cultural critique of Christmas television, where Britain's best-loved battle axe is never far from the tree, because here, all roads lead to the mountain. If you're new to us, you can find info and links for the programme we're discussing over at PeggyMountPod.com, as well as pointers to our socials and all the places you can listen and subscribe. And before we even get to the first Noel, I've got to ask, what are you drinking? Do you know, I'm still feeling festive. Uh-huh. Cherry brandy. Oh, good man. Is that... Oh. Have you got a mixer in there, or is that just straight? Oh, straight. <laughs> oh, you can't, you, can't, um, you can't dilute it with anything else. No, there's nothing else goes with cherry brandy. You've got to feel that... Naked warmth. <laughs> and <laughs> and we're off. And yourself? I am on the Abbott Reserve. It's a bit like your regular rabbit. It's just that little bit more special. We're rocking and we're rolling to the music on the Russ Abbott Madhouse. We're laughing and we're rolling, gonna be a lot of cool and all right. Russ Abbott's Madhouse was the hugely successful Saturday night comedy show from London Weekend Television, which ran from 1980 to 1985, over seven series and 51 episodes. Featuring a mix of sketches and songs from Abbott's recurring characters such as Vince Prince, Basil Bond, Cooper Mann and Julio Double Glazius, it also made household names of Les Dennis, Dustin G and Bella Ramberg. The show we've watched tonight is the special Christmas Madhouse, where they're also joined by Susie Blake, Sherry Hewson and Geoffrey Holland. This originally aired on 22nd of December 1984. The minute you hear the theme tune, you're taken back. Uh huh. The minute you hear the voice of Robin Houston introducing the show, you are completely taken back. He was the voice 
of the 80s. Yep. That man. Game for a Laugh, Surprise, Surprise, and Russ Abbott's Madhouse. Many, many things, Robin Houston. Yeah, he was basically bolted to the wall in London Weekend Television. Yeah. Um, he was the Peter Dixon of his, of his era. Um, but good for him. Good for him. Bit of trivia for you. An abbot is the ecclesiastical title given to the head of a monastery, of course. Yet, ironically, Russ is the only member of the cast in this show who's not an ordained member of a religious body. Holland, Blake and Houston have all been referenced. That's how they met. Les Dennis and Dustin G started a cult in the Cotswolds, while Bella Remberg became the Bishop of Bristol in 1991. It's true, that. You can look it up. I think I'd better. And, speaking of the cast, can I just say, what a lineup? He's pulled together the A-team for this. Not the A-team. Well, with one... Exception, but I'll get to that later. Yeah. And I will say, talking about that lineup, to mm. me, it's like a D list Avengers Assemble for Light Entertainment. Jeffrey Holland, though, what a dumb, what a coaxed him over the wall from the BBC. I remember him having a foot in both camps with this. I don't remember him being in this. Everyone else, oh, I remember yeah. um, being part of, like, more or less the regular crew. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't remember Jeffrey Holland doing this. Yeah, I do. Definitely. He was in every week. Um, which I was always surprised at, because at the time, I was quite an informed child when it came to ch- television. Yeah. Um, I remember thinking, ooh, I'm surprised the BBC allowed that, because he was Heidi Hine at this time. Yeah, although our, our telly was usually on BBC One by default, I've got to say the Russ Abbott mm-hmm. shows were fixed items on the schedule in our house. It was a point of viewing. We um, we also had the 1983 album he released off the back of this series that was on earlier on. And that was on cassette, so it basically lived in our car and soundtracked part of all long journeys. Fabulous. Mm. That's one word for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a joy to see Bella Remberg again. Yeah, it does feel a bit like this entire series shortchanges her at every turn. She's always any item she's in, 90% of the time she's the butt of the joke. Yeah. She's signed up for that. She knows this. Oh, yeah, this. I know that. And I get why, you know, on a structural level it makes sense, but you're like, watching that and you're like, you know, it's not awkward, awkward. There is one point in this show which is awkward. We won't talk about that. Uh, you'll see it if you click on the link and watch it. Um, Indeed, yes, yes. I'm enjoying the fact that Emberg joins the hallowed Peggy Mount in the Face Always Looks Furious brigade. Yeah. Because Bella, <laughs> Bella, Bella Emberg always looks absolutely stotten. Uh-huh. Always, the whole time. <laughs> she hasn't got the aggression of Dame Peggy Mount, but the face is there. Absolutely. Russ Abbott, the king of comical stereotypes, wouldn't you say? Yeah, he absolutely is. I mean, the entire thing is built around him, and that's fine. His name's on the uh, it's on the front page. That's all right. You've got lots of quick-fire, single-joke sketches, as well as longer-form skits. And they've each got a rotation of sort of studio sets. It's all, it's all very sort of family-friendly, mild innuendo slapstick. It's very broad stuff, but I've got to say it's performed with a level of commitment that we just didn't get from Little and Large Show. Totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. Do you know that. what I mean? It's not yeah. It's not the best material, but they all look so happy to be doing it that you've you kind of got a hand and point to that. There's happiness to do it, and there's there's confident delivery, Yeah, and they, they plough through it. This is like a, telev- a televised kid's comic book, maybe that you'd pick up if you're on holiday. It's like the, the Wizard and Chips Christmas special yeah. that you'd pick up. Yeah, so that's fair. Yeah, packed full of stuff. Um, but yeah, the delivery is, is superb. It's very polished. Of course, it drops a little bit at uh, 7 minutes and 26 seconds when Les Dennis makes his first appearance <laughs> in a sketch. <laughs> nah. Ken, 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 he's off again. Get the nah. button ready. Just nah. <laughs> Just no. No, no. 
No. Which um when you No. <laughs> which particular sketch are you taking umbrage with here? Is it the one Any anyone with him in it? <laughs> the one which stood out to me as being particularly bad is where Les Dennis and Dustin G are in the pub and it's uh it's basically just like a like a face to face between the two of them. Ah, uh, not but, the, not the punk and the major one. Well, this is it. Dustin G is sort of made up as this kind of fusty old major, except that he doesn't quite look old enough to be a major. But you know, let's let's skip over that. That's fine. Just stick a moustache on him. Uh, and Les Dennis is what what can only be described as um, LWT's idea of what punk rockers must be like, despite having never seen one. It appears they don't know the difference between punks and football hooligans. I know that's a very small yes. point in, yes. in the entire debacle of the four minutes where they're just there um, sort of throwing these loose jokes at each other. Yeah. But you you have to bear in mind that at this point in 1984, the laughter show, their own show, was already a thing on BBC One. Mm. That had been running since April that's of right. that year. Russ has phoned them up and he's managed to hoik them back over the wall to record this. And this is the script they've been handed. I'll give them a point. Yes. I'll give them a point for reading it out. I was going to say with a straight face. Of course, they got a straight face. So was the audience. Right. Uh, it's a, it is a fact. Um, the 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 punk character that Dennis creates. Uh, how can I put it? It's a manifestation of 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 Les Dennis to me okay. because it was just an annoying, high pitched, and went on for too long. <laughs> and what? Where did he go to study Neil Kinnock for that impression? Again. Has he ever seen Neil Kinnock before? Again. Has he ever heard Neil Kinnock before? But this is what I mean about it all being sort of quick turnaround. These gags are written... And don't five, get us started five, on Eddie Yates. In five minutes in the writer's room. They do five minutes on set with it. That's it. It's in the bank. Move on to the next one. There's not... It, it hasn't been given that much sort of... um, Not thought. That's harsh. It, yeah, thought. It hasn't been given much thought. <laughs> Speaking of which, to go back to um, to go back to Little and Large again, there's not much mm-hmm. seasonal content in this. You've got the musical number, Oh It's Christmas, mm-hmm. that fits the bill. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though that song feels like absolute fucking filler. And fair play to Abbott mm-hmm. for getting his supporting cast in to be the back entry. You know, it would have been just as easy for Abbott to get some dancers in, add a bit yep. of glitz, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh no, wait, he did that on his Julio Doubleglazier song, didn't he? Oh yeah, never mind. Speaking of which, to go off on another tangent, I do apologise. His, um, Julia Julio Doubleglazius. Are you familiar yep. with the Steve Coogan character? I am, Tony indeed. Uh, what was Tony Farino, that's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's basically the same joke, isn't it? And don't yes, get, it is. Don't get me wrong, yes, I'm a big is. fan of Coogan, but he seems to have dragged mm. it out for about an hour. Uh, well, yes. Well, Coogan, I think he, he dragged that out for about four years. Um, <laughs> and nobody, not even him, um, nobody was asked. But... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to go into slagging off Steve Coogan. I know you hadn't finished on um, Les Dennis. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's, it, we're pre-Mavis impression, I'm guessing, here. because We've, we've almost we, got to be, otherwise you've been doing it every three minutes. Uh, this is it, because we're, we're Eddie Yates and Bette Lynch in the Coronation Street sketch. We're not Mavis and Vera. So yeah. we're thankful for small mercies there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you, you're talking about Russ doing his little, little song parodies. Um Wow, if he can get one in, he will. Uh, they just keep coming. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's in love with the format, isn't he? He is, but I don't mind it so much, you know, because right. some of the some of those lyrics are quite amusing, and the way he he writes them and, and gets it, 
I don't mind them in a playful way. If I've sat and I've had a few bevies on the sofa and I'm sitting watching that, that would amuse me a little bit. I'm just very aware that Russ knows he can sing and he's going to make damn sure that everyone else knows that as well. Absolutely. I can imagine a meeting where a producer's sort of spoken to him, you know, again, uh, in the writer's room or whatever, and he's gone, uh, do you, uh, Russ, do, do you think a Beach Boys parody is is wise, so close to the Spinners musical number, Russ? And he's gone, yeah, but I can actually sing, though, remember? Yeah, yeah, I know that, Russ, but, but this is a comedy show, and I'm not sure that the jokes in the songs are strong enough. And he's gone, you're right, it is a comedy show. It's a comedy show with my fucking name in the title, so why don't you shut up or fuck off? And if Russ is listening, please don't sue us. Right? Absolutely. Because <laughs> I'm sure you're lovely and I came to see you in Blackpool. I've seen him at least once. I can't remember where, but yeah. It it was a seaside town. That's all I know. It oh, might have been Torquay. I, I, but... I saw the Madhouse in Blackpool. It was definitely Blackpool that I saw them. I'm sure it was. Because I remember nipping outside and um, digging a sandcastle when Les Dennis came on. So, um... <laughs> yeah... Uh, <laughs> I'm not a fan. Um, now, it's it's LWT, but I don't think the budget's that big on this. <coughs> My suspicions were first aroused with the Musketeer sketch, this historical se- um, setting. Uh, it, depicted... is pat- it is particularly weak, isn't it, on the, um, the wow. fully lit, uh, what would you call that, the song stage? Yeah, fully lit sort of just just standard just, just neon lights and pastel panels. Yeah, just do it on there. It's a historical drama. That'll work, yeah. Put put a throne there and a couple of chandeliers just hanging out a camera shot and uh yeah, that that's us. We're sorted. No. I think the rest of the budget might have gone on the time machine that Jeffrey Holland used so he could channel his best John Wick. Have a look in the show <laughs> notes. It's it's quite remarkable. It can't be denied. It actually <laughs> it can't be denied. That it that that's something else. That that is something else. <laughs> I yes. um I'm pretty certain the edit that we watched isn't the um isn't the actual broadcast one. I'd swear blind they've cut the ancient Egypt sketch with Abbott and Emberg where uh, where he dressed as Horus and she Ra. You know, there's no there's no time wasted with this. We are the, the pacing's quite good. I'm not I will actually I say that. The Basildon Bond sketch does go on a little bit. Uh it does, but again, it's the closest to um, to an actually written narrative sketch in the whole thing. It's, you know, they bring in more characters, and it gets to a point, and then it ends. And uh, it's got a little bit of form to it, uh, mm. unlike the others, which are literally just holders for one-liners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went into meltdown at the very end of this show, because there he is. Yeah. R- Russ Abbott is uh-huh. singing Atmosphere. Not only is he singing Atmosphere, but brace yourself for this. Because he's singing Atmosphere, and he's wearing a silver satin shirt, a banana yellow jacket, and silver slacks. <laughs> There's my Christmas maid. Right there. I, I can't believe he has the fucking nerve to finish with a straight-up rendition of his own song that, by December of that year, everyone was already sick of that. It had been around yeah. all summer. Everyone now hates this song, if they didn't to begin with. And he's gone, yeah. at the end of my show, I'm going to sing my song. And none of the rest of the cast are going to be there. And it's just going uh-huh. to be me. But I do want like some very modern picture-in-picture bits of my other characters, me as my other characters, dancing along to my own song 
because that's what the Russ Abbott show is. And again, the producers have gone, he's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's his money, we've got to do it, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This, this could only be more self-indulgent mm. if he tore up in that shirt and underneath it he had a T-shirt saying, I heart Russ Abbott. <laughs> yes. There you go. The Russ Abbott Christmas Madhouse. Uh-huh. Could I ask you, how many pegs are you going to place upon the Christmas tree? Well, given the amount of sighing I've done over this uh, over this segment, obviously I'm going to give it six out of nine. It's good-natured. It doesn't always hit the mark, but I've seen worse before and since. And that includes a bonus point for having the absolute brass cojones to end on atmosphere. What about yourself? I have to say, I'm with you all the way. It's a six from me, a solid six from me. It's it's harmless. It's a, it is a comic book. More importantly than that, how many steps yes. would it take you to yodel up the Christmas mountain? Oh well, I can do this in a tinsel-clad two. All right, checking into the madhouse tonight is one Jeffrey Holland, who brought his shining expertise to you, rang my lord. Next to. Hugh Lloyd, who was in 1984's It's Never Too Late, with... Peggy Mal. Don't let that give you ideas. Lovely stuff. I know, right? Not bad at all. What about yourself, sir? I'm matching you step for step. I can also do it in two. A long-term resident of the Madhouse is, of course, your favourite, Les Dennis, who appeared in Cinderella, The Shoe Must Go On, as did the magnificent Danny LaRue, who starred in 1973's TV play Queen of Hearts, along with... Peggy Mount. What do you mean yours is better than that? Very good. Bit of trivia. I saw Danny LaRue on his last tour. It was amazing. Fantastic work. Front row. There you go. Excellent. Um, it, it was tremendous. Uh, I'll tell you all about it in another podcast sometime in the next 20 years, but it was lovely. There you go. Anyway, enough of my reminiscing, but Christmas is a time for reminiscing, and I must confess, Blackout, um, I'm drinking the cherry brandy, but yes, once again, I've also had a bottle of wine before I've come on the mic. So um, <laughs> so off we go, down a merry path, and uh, but not for this time, because we have, in fact, reached... The end of episode five of the Peggy Mount Calamity Hour. Yes, we've got to wrap it up again like a little gift. And Blackout's got your socials. Yeah, thanks once again for being with us. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email PeggyMountPod at gmail.com or we are at PeggyMountPod on Twitter and on the Facebook. It's as simple as that, as we close the doors on this madhouse, but the doors to ours are always open. So we'll see you tomorrow for the next episode of the Peggy Mount Calamity Hour Christmas Special. Until tomorrow, keep mountain. Peggy Mount Calamity Hour is a free podcast from Michael Media which holds production copyright. Opinions and recollections expressed are not to be taken as fact. The title and credit music is by Dr. Velvet. Audio segments from television programs are presented for review and informational purposes only under fair use, and no ownership of these is claimed or implied by this show. For more information, visit PeggyMountPod.com. Where can you buy the Miracle Sander, the modern block that works its way through paint and varnish fast? At the Ronco Gift Center. And where can you buy the battery tester? It tests SP batteries and even 9-volt batteries at the Ronco Gift Center.
At the Ronco Gift Center, you'll find the roller measure, great for your measuring needs. The Super Saw cuts almost anything. And the Buttoneer, the fast way to replace buttons. Solve all your Christmas shopping problems in just one place at the Ronco Gift Center. Quality gifts at affordable prices. Sense your long-lasting mandate. Worn by men, loved by women.